0: everyone welcome to rescue replay my name is kella and i'll be your host i'm so happy to be here right now recording this and posting this episode for you to listen to it's been a long time coming i've been talking about this podcast for a few months now and to be here and launching it is so exciting it feels like a dream come true and this is just the beginning so thanks for tuning in and i hope you you get something out of rescue replay that will something that you can take with you for the rest of your life. That's the goal, right, is to be impactful. So thanks to all my students and all of your encouraging words in the past and just being you and and showing up for me and my class and showing up 100% and working hard and making your goals of being lifeguards and just doing it as a team and in a family environment. Thanks for being there and thanks for just being awesome and being you. and I wish you all the best and yeah, thanks for for being great human beings and my best friend, thank you for always listening to my crazy ideas that are off the cuff and I'm sure sometimes you roll your eyes at me thinking like, oh God, yeah, here she goes again. But Even though I've had crazy ideas and they're, you know, a dime a dozen, you've always supported me in every one of them, and you've always jumped right on board and and held my hand or stood beside me or behind me or anywhere that I needed you, you were always there. So I love you with all my heart, and you know who you are, and you mean the world to me. And of course, my parents. I want to thank them for always believing in me and telling me to go for the gold and and do what my heart tells me to do and not holding me back and encouraging me to keep moving forward and, and steam-headed momentum. So thanks for thanks for being there for me, guys. That's really amazing. So what is Rescue Replay? What can we expect from Rescue Replay? What's going to happen here? You know? This is a good thing to explore before we get too invested together. You know, we always want to pick our time wisely and how we're spending it. So let me break it down for you. Rescue Replay is a spinoff of my regular business, which is Rescue Ready Incorporated. I'm a lifeguard by trade of 16 years. Actually, it's the only job I've ever had. and We can talk about that a little bit more in depth later. So I also teach people how to be lifeguards and I'm also a first aid instructor so I teach people all about first aid. So My business is all centered around first response and rescue preparedness and safety in our communities and I made the spin-off of Rescue Replay to create a, a community for rescuers to come together to listen and learn from each other to tell their stories. I will be getting into some interviews as this podcast grows, and lifeguarding can take you crazy places, like it's an international organization, the Royal Lifesaving Society, and, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't really think about as opportunities when we think of lifeguard, because often when we think of lifeguard, we just think of, you know, David Hasselhoff and Baywatch, or, you know, if you were the other opposite sex, you might have thought of Pamela Anderson. But that's usually what our mind goes to when we think of a lifeguard and I would like to create the culture of like what lifeguarding actually entails and what it truly means to be a lifeguard and a first responder. So this is our, these are some of the things Rescue Replay is going to dive into. There's a lot of fundamental principles when being in a rescue or training for rescue preparedness that actually filter out into our everyday lives. A lot of it's like leadership skills and communication skills and judgment, critical thinking, problem solving. So when we start working on these and understanding these basic principles, well, now we can cultivate all of these and let them filter out into our personal lives. One of the, my inspirators is Jocko Willink. And I listen to his podcast a lot. I love his podcast. I Am definitely chomping at the bit to read his book extreme ownership so really like this guy one thing that he said about leadership that i that stuck with me is like you can be an excellent leader in your line of work so for example like i could be an excellent leader while i'm a lifeguard like organizing emergency situations delegating out jobs to the other lifeguards but i that just because I can perform that way at work doesn't necessarily mean that I can perform that way in other areas of my life. Things like in my relationships with other people, friendships or intimate relationships, or maybe in my school life, or maybe in my volunteer life. So leadership skills are the skill set to, that we want to build in order to let it filter out into our everyday life, but sometimes we're stronger in it in certain areas. And this is where we cultivate confidence and self-esteem. And so we don't always have that in every area of our life. We're humans. We're, we're not built that way. We face challenges with different situations, right? And this is why leadership skills or problem-solving skills, they help us mitigate those variances. Another aspect that I'm going to interject with rescue replay is the trauma healing aspect of being a first responder or a rescuer. Critical incident stress is really quite a new thing in the rescue world. Back when I took, back in the day, you know, uh, when I did my lifeguarding for the first time, I was 16 years old, so 16 years ago and critical incident stress wasn't really a thing we talked about it for maybe five minutes but nobody really told me what it was and then i started into my career as a lifeguard and as i started getting rescues under my belt i started realizing how important critical incident stress training is and then i also started realizing how if you don't deal with your critical incident stress of your rescue how it can actually filter out in other areas of your life as well same as your leadership skills would or how those rescues and that trauma can trigger other unhealed traumas as well so i wanted a space for us to come together where we can share our stories and we can learn from each other and we can collaborate about what works, what doesn't work and what this one person did and what this other person did and just create a safer community through education and through sharing and discussion. This is my way to provide service to communities in need. Because every community is in need right now. There's a massive polarization with politics and, you know, the upcoming elections in 2024. It's just, we're at the end of COVID. It's just crazy. We've been victims of fear-mongering for far too long. And we need to let all of that go. We need to shed all of those menial beliefs. And we just need to realize that, we're all humans at the end of today at the of the day and really the purpose of life is just being kind to each other and just lending a helping hand so when i do my training and i i talk about just this principle of just being kind to each other and lending a helping hand like when you do rescue training to become a first aider or a lifeguard this is in my mind this is a person coming to me saying like i want more skills to be able to help people more in times of more serious nature so they're coming to me with this idea they want more from themselves to provide more for their community which is a really humbling experience and a really humbling desire for us as humans and i think if we realize the power of being of service and providing just that kindness and that first aid and that rescue response and being confident and there for each other, it really makes it a big impact on the people that we're, we're servicing and it stays with them for life. So the other thing is, is we have all of these big ideas and people will throw out these big words like, oh, to be a good rescuer, you have to have confidence. Okay, well, what is confidence? How do I get that? Nobody taught me that in school. And there is no book out there saying like, this is how you make confidence up, or this is how you gain more confidence. You know, and there's lots of podcasters, life coaches out there and Sometimes I feel like we don't break these down into small digestible steps enough and we're just like oh you just need more confidence. I walked into this I was at a family dinner once and my auntie had brought some other people into our family dinner and We were talking about something about crashing weddings. I don't even know how this conversation came up. And this lady that was a guest at our family dinner, she was like, oh, you just have to walk in with confidence and nobody would even question you. And it's like, okay, yeah, like that's easy. Like how do you walk in with confidence into a room full of people that you've never met and act like, you know, that you're meant to be there. And some people can do that. Some people are just really good At that and some people aren't a lot of us need to cultivate confidence and self-esteem and then we put that forward into our leadership skills into our critical thinking skills into our judgment skills and the more fine-tuned we get at these items in our our life then that's what builds our confidence at least in my opinion so let's do a little history about me. Who am I? Where did I come from? And how did I get here? Well, I grew up in a small town in rural Alberta. I'm now in Vancouver, BC, with my business Rescue Ready Incorporated, where I provide lifeguard training and first aid instructor or training. So my target for my business is small remote communities. So I found that there is a need in these small communities for quality instruction because a lot of instructors or people in my position, they don't have time, they have a full-time job, they, you know, they don't even think about these kind of things. Oh, it's unstable work. And because I work for myself, I don't, I'm not an employee. I'm not guaranteed work anywhere. I have to find my work myself. So it is quite a risky, risky thing, but... The small communities really need it, and it's, it's a big service to them. So I come from a small community, and I understand the impact of a swimming pool on those communities because I found my love for swimming really quite young. Started, you know, my mom put me in swimming lessons, aged out of those, like eight years old, done, level 12. I was just a fish. I couldn't get enough. I wanted to go back for more and more and more. Then at nine, I started competitive swimming, and I, I loved that. Like, I just absolutely loved it. And when I aged in, turned 13, I did my bronze star, my bronze medallion, and my bronze cross. When I was 15, I did my swim instructor, and I started teaching swimming lessons. When I was 16, I did my lifeguarding right away. And actually, one of my instructors from the surrounding towns that worked was a manager at the pool and on my last day of my NL I took in my resume and I got hired the next week So I was working within seven days of finishing my lifeguard if that's not serendipitous I don't know what is it was like My passion was given to me right at the ripe age of you know whenever I stepped, stepped foot into the pool the first time and I can remember as a kid going under the water the windows would be open it'd be a summer day and I can remember going under the water with my goggles on and just like laying on my back and looking up to the surface and looking at the sun rays coming through the the water and just feeling completely and utterly free. I loved the sensory deprivation of being under the water and I still do I still absolutely love swimming. So lifeguarding is the only job I've ever known. I've cleaned houses with my best girlfriend for a little bit and that's how we met was I I paused lifeguarding for like a year and I started cleaning. I needed a break and I met my best friend and so I clean houses with her on the side or I did when I lived in Alberta. Uh, But other than that, like lifeguarding is all I've ever done since I was 16 years old. It's the greatest job in the world. I absolutely love the solitary aspect of it. I love the team aspect of it. I love that it's a recreation environment. So people come to the pool wanting to have a good time. It's not a sad place or a gloomy place. It's a happy place where everybody's excited to be there. And quite frankly, you know, A lot of people that come to the swimming pool while they're really quite good looking and a lot of the lifeguards are really quite good looking so it's just a really pleasant place to you know rest your eyes so yeah it's it's been really good to me I'm really passionate about helping others succeed if we go back to the being of service point that I made earlier I find that my version of being of service in this world is to teach and this qual and provide quality programs because there's no greater joy to me than having my students come into my class and seeing them all on the first day and they're, you know, not really, you know, they're not really great. Let's be real. They don't know anything yet. Well, they do. They have prerequisites. They know stuff, but they're not lifeguards yet. And I absolutely love watching them transform themselves from not knowing what to do to competent rescuers that know how to handle emergency situations, that know how to handle the safety of everyone in a pool. It's quite the process. And almost every class that I have I cry when I say, like, okay, you guys are lifeguards, congratulations, you're good luck out there and, and have fun, you know, it's, it's quite an emotional time because we build such a strong bond, you know, you spend 44 hours together in like a week, you know, you're, you're living and breathing each other for a short period of time and you create a, quite a strong connection. And another thing that I provide for my students is I open up my social media for students as well so that they can DM me and they have access to me for anything that they might need, questions about the job. I also do like a lot of like suicide kind of support as well. I have quite a bit of experience in suicide. I've had some close friends commit suicide. I've known some lifeguards that have committed suicide, you know and experienced ones, ones of 10,000 hours, you know, and they commit suicide. I've known first responders or paramedics that have quit their jobs because it's too much for them and they went back to lifeguarding. And so I open up my DMs because I think it takes a lot for somebody to get to that spot. And that's a very dark place for someone to be. And I hate to admit, but I, I will admit I've been there myself, and I know firsthand how dark of a place that can be. So I also want to wanna provide that service to other people. Like, hey, if you feel that alone and you are really ready for that or you think you are, like, just send me a DM, you know, just just reach out. Like, I'm always here. And every one of my students that contacts me, I'm on it right away, whether they need a reference or, you know they want to tell me about the rescue and or whatever i had another one kid they asked what the tattoo on my chest said because they wanted to etch the the saying of the tattoo on my chest into their pottery that they were making it it was an art project about somebody that inspired them that was quite special you know I'm really passionate about being there for others. I think the world needs more of it. I would describe myself if I had to label myself. I don't really like to label. You know, it's one of those things. I'm a little bit of everything all mixed into one. And I know when people hear Albertans or at least, you know, people in BC, they're like, ooh, Alberta. But I would describe myself as a humanitarian. You know, I don't care about your politics. I don't care about your religious beliefs. Like I do, I'll listen and I'll respect and appreciate I care more about you as a human being you know I don't see you for the color of your skin or how your age or anything like that I'm I see you as a human being and I think I've always been like that since I was a kid you know I used to ask my mom like hey like because I didn't really have a lot of friends when I was a kid actually it was quite normal for me to make a friend a new friend every year like my friends never carried over and actually as i as i kept going on like i was really quite bullied pretty bad in my small town which led me to the suicidal tendencies you know which that's a story for another day but i think if we just recognize that we need to be there for for other people it really mitigates all of that and if we see each other as humans rather than anything else like we can we can Really come together as a unit, and we can really accomplish a lot and then on the on the philosophical philosophical side of things, philosophical what a ter- <laughs> that's not a word, but on the philosophical side of things, I would say I'm pretty close to being you know a stoic or and falling in line with stoicism, you know which is just Kind of a a philosophy about detachment and just letting things be as they are and you know kind of going with the flow which is way easier said than done you know like when life starts throwing curveballs it starts to get a little bit messy in there so you know these are kind of this is kind of the theme that you'll find on rescue replays humanitarian principles stoicism philosophies coming through I do a lot of like readings and listenings like podcasts and whatever, so I want to bring what I find valuable from all of those into rescue replay and talk about just humanitarian principles and how to be there for each other like i you know that's basically that's what it is that is what it is I'm also an animal lover like. Massive animal lover. I actually, my ties to nature are really quite deep seated. I, from a young age, I've always been attracted to First Nations history and First Nations way of life. And I love that they use animals as their teachers, as their messengers. So I'm a firm believer that when animals cross your paths, like they bring a medicine, they bring a message with them. And You know we we have all of these little signs all these synchronicities if you just open up your eyes and pay attention you know there's lots of things that can happen that can be presented to you from whoever your your almighty is your god your allah your universe spirit the divine whatever you call it your faith There's lots of signs that we're being told and sent, and you just got to open your eyes. And for me, it's always been animals. Animals will cross my path in the craziest of times when things are happening in my mind or in my emotional body, and I'll have an animal encounter. They're always peaceful. So far, I haven't seen a bear yet face to face, so hopefully it stays peaceful. But I feel really connected to the animal kingdom. I also have a dog. His name is Zeppelin, as in Led Zeppelin. He's a Border Collie. He's 10 years old, and he's just the coolest dude. I absolutely love this guy, but I am biased. I am his mom. <laughs> so that's what Rescue Replay is all about. This is what we can, what we can look forward to as the episodes keep getting more. I want to release an episode once a week on Fridays. Everybody's got their own time. I'm picking Fridays. I want Friday nights, the new episodes, because sometimes, sometimes we don't want to go out on a Friday night. Sometimes we need the downtime on a Friday night. And if you need downtime on Friday night, I would absolutely be honored if Rescue Replay was part of that. Well, I think we covered really good ground today, and I'm going to leave you with this. Everyone has a story, and we don't always get to know what the story is. Tune in next week on our second episode where we dive into Everybody Has a Story and how that applies to our everyday life and how we operate as human beings in this world. Thanks for tuning in tonight and giving us a listen. Don't forget to hit like, follow, and share. to all your friends. Join the movement. Let's make this big. Share it, share it, share it, share it. Let's get the word out there. Until next time, this is Rescue Replay, out.